Hi, my name is Alexa, and this is That Wrestling Wench. In today's episode, I want to tell you a little story about a trapeze artist, bodybuilding, early strong woman of the late 1800s and early 1900s. And then I want to tell you about a little connection she has to a modern strong woman of today. The industry of bodybuilding and what it is known as today was partly born from the strong men and women of the late 19th, early 20th century. Early adopters could be seen at Chicago's World Fair or in circus and vaudeville stages. I'm a bit fascinated with bodybuilders, especially of this time. It's pretty interesting. And how it became the industry that it was in the 1970s and 80s and up until now is a really interesting story and journey, I feel like. But when it comes to early strong women, early adopters of bodybuilding, alongside others like Kate Sandwina and Minerva, There was one strong woman who especially defied gender expectations within her act. Her name was Charmion. The first performance she had was in 1897, Christmas Day in New York City. Her presentation took place in the air, as Charmion was a trapeze artist. With biceps rivaling Bobby Lashley, she flipped around in a full Victorian woman dress with her petticoat and all. As she did each maneuver, she began to strip out of her garb piece by piece until she was down to her stays, crinoline, and tights. A super interesting quote from JSTOR about her is from a physical culture scholar named Gills. Quote, suggests that the collective gasp came with some strings attached. A woman's body on stage could be received differently depending on the forum. Classism meant that the nudity in a burlesque show would often be viewed and described as vulgar entertainment, patronized by the working class, in contrast to a more artistic or classical performance, like ballet or Greco-Roman, quote, living statue displays, which could be justified as edifying and tasteful by an upper-class audience. But Charmion was no ballerina, unquote. What he's saying is that The people in the audience and the place it is this performance is done at really changes the way that it is viewed by the public. It could be either lowbrow entertainment when it's viewed by the working class and in working class spaces, and then highbrow when it's ballet or something that is in these massive theaters where nobility go to watch it. It's almost the same performance, but just the people and the places is what changes the context of the class. It's kind of interesting. And as a strong woman, 
Charmion put on her performances for people of all ages, all classes, but she mostly was with working class people because that was the venue with which she performed. But as she continued her entertainment and her trapeze disrobing act, as it was known, for the next few years, Charmion caught the eye of a middle-aged Thomas Edison. Yes, that Thomas Edison. She became one of the first subjects of his short movies he made. Something else they mention that is interesting in JSTOR, the article, is that adult entertainment is something that seems to be the first thing people use as a subject matter in their inventions, which I think is so interesting. Like, the way that we want to, like, pleasure ourselves is what drives innovation and technology. It's, it's really interesting. But while he was starting these short films, his subjects at the time had been really, like, ranging drastically from the awe-inspiring to the incredibly banal. He filmed Annie Oakley shooting glass thrown in the air above her perfectly. He filmed an exotic dancer named Fatima. He filmed a man sneezing. He filmed an actress playing Mary Queen of Scots losing her head. He filmed the lights of Coney Island at night. They really spanned this incredible vast spectrum. And one other thing he filmed was Charmion's standard performance. In the clip that you can see on YouTube, Charmion is doing her trapeze work, acrobating herself through space, lifting herself with her bulking arms that are obscured by the layers of clothes she's wearing and the grain of the film. Each time she brings herself up into a flip, she removes a piece of clothing, her petticoat, hat with a massive feather, and crinoline. She throws her shoes far below her and slides off her stockings. It goes on and on as she removes her stays or her corset. She tosses it to the men in the opera box beside her floating form. She lifts her heels over her head, holding herself completely straight and capsized. Simultaneously, her chemise falls down because of gravity's hand and it goes over her head. In her undergarments, she shows off more of this strength and flexibility, flipping sideways and backwards and diagonally. When this clip was shown to male audiences at first, a decision that Edison and other people made was that they were going to redo it but cast male viewers in the film. So they had to do this once more, but these male viewers in the opera box next to her are clapping, celebrating, and are generally in awe of her. They did this to demonstrate to men in the audience that this wasn't something to be disgusted by. It was something to marvel at. And That made me think so much because our desire and disgust that close to one another that we like need our mirror neurons to fire off so we know how to absorb gender defiance, maybe. And something else that this clip kind of did surreptitiously or on accident maybe instead was that It kind of silenced Charmion, literally, because it's a silent film. 
In records of her performance, part of her act was the energy in the room while she performed. And because it was a silent film, you can't hear her speaking to the audience, talking about how women should be more active and independent, and that there was nothing wrong with developing the kind of muscles that she had as a woman. And I mean, I think you guys can see where I'm going with the modern strong woman thing. Because this is where I'd like to bring in China. As they were both strong women of their time, China and Charmion kind of had paralleled situations go on with them. And I don't think it's just because they're both brown-haired white ladies with biceps the side of Arnold Schwarzenegger that I want to compare them. I think that there's other things, too. Like, Charmion in the short film... It just kind of made me think of all the ways that China was exploited. And I feel like it's similar. I don't know what it is specifically, but humor me, please. China debuted with the WWF in 1997, a hundred years after Charmion debuted her own act. China's character at the beginning of her career was silent. She didn't talk. She just showed up to protect Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Like a silent film star, China relied on her body to do all of the messaging. She didn't look like the other women that were working in the WWF at the time, and at first, she wasn't even wanted by Vince McMahon. He thought her character and herself, her own body and self, was too unbelievable. Over the years, China soared in popularity and the people in power could not help but begin to capitalize off of these Charmion-sized biceps. They began to present China in a specific way to make her more palatable to audiences. She got her jaw reconstructed. She, what I think is even more interesting than anything else, is that she got a new type of breast implant that was created for her and then was sold to other women that were bodybuilders or had larger frames, and they're called the China 2000s, which I think is so cool. But it just makes me think of the same thing as before. The line of desire and disgust and how thin it can be that we have to make these adjustments to absorb gender defiance. I don't know. Both Charmion and China like stirred a reaction from people that was a strange mixture of curiosity nervousness, uncomfortability, and excitedness. From that same JSTOR article that I've been quoting about Charmion, I feel like what I'm about to say could be said about Charmion or China. Quote, While she alone did not dismantle patriarchal structures that tend to objectify women's sexuality for the pleasure of men, she helped set new standards for female health and beauty, and it combined physical fitness, strength, and movement of the female body. In defying gender expectation and tradition, it can really free a lot of people that see these types of performances into being who they want to be and who they are. And when it comes to Charmion and China, the same cultural scholar I, t- I quoted before, Gills, said that Charmion induced a, quote, collective gasp, unquote. And I just feel like that's what China did too. They made people clutch their pearls and question what a woman looked like. 
And women that look like them historically have this ability to destabilize what gender means. And it's interesting. I don't know. I want to write a fucking book about this and discuss it much more in detail. But I'm going to have to just leave it here now. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alexa. This is That Wrestling Wench. And the music is by Kreider Dane of Helter Skelter Music Productions. Please join me again if you can. Thank you so much for listening.